Newton Media Group, a family of creative services, presents the Voice Over Work podcast. This is Wednesday, February 16th, 2021. On the podcast today, we take a little deeper look into a book introduced in a previous podcast with a chapter-by-chapter look at Here and Now, Taking Control of Your Life, written by Marshall Champagne, narrated by Russell Newton for Hot Ghost Productions. Chapter 1. Depths of Depression. Getting Out. Change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Tony Robbins. You wouldn't spend your valuable time reading this book and learning these tactics unless you wanted to learn something that works from someone who knows what he's talking about. And this book provides just that. First and foremost, I believe it is critical that you understand a little about my past. Understanding where this book comes from and why the tactics I'm about to describe are so effective will aid you in comprehending the content of this book. Depression I used to be interested in theology and studied it when I was younger. I set off on a voyage with no idea where it would lead. A high school English instructor recruited me. I was at school for three weeks. I was in a terrible car accident 11 days before my wedding while traveling to work. I was 25 and planning my wedding. I spent 21 days in the hospital with two fractured legs and brain damage. It's terrible to be that near to death or losing a limb. I left the hospital convinced that my life would be worthwhile. But it didn't last long. I didn't have a plan or a strategy since I didn't realize it. After a few years, I ran out of money and was in a financial dilemma. That is, I had to go to food banks once a month to get food since I couldn't afford bills, food, and gas. I was a mediocre worker and I was raising two wonderful children with the third on the way. After working as an electrician for Bombardier in my prior life, among other trades, I'm now a freelance writer. So, Chapter 10. Live The fear of death follows from the fear of life. A man who lives fully is prepared to die at any time. Mark Twain Have you ever counted your blessings? Take a peek around and see who can help you. What do you have now? Be appreciative. You don't want to be like some individuals I know who put too many conditions on their happiness. I will be ecstatic when my kids grow up. A career change, finding my soulmate, earning a second degree, becoming financially independent, etc., will all make me joyful. It's a choice, it's a mindset. Not that you shouldn't have goals, that you shouldn't wait till you've attained your goals to be happy. You can choose happiness right now. Dissatisfaction doesn't stop happiness. I'm still not happy with the results, which is why I keep striving to learn more, accomplish more, and influence more. But none of that makes me happy right now. I love spending time with my kids, writing books, and spending time alone with my wife. You're unsatisfied with your ambition. Dissatisfaction drives action. It will help you act and be excited about it. 
You won't do anything with your life unless you are sufficiently unsatisfied. Being sick hurts if you're depressed like I was. Take action. Now is a great moment to assess where we are and where we want to go. If you're unhappy with your current circumstances, consider, what if you stay the same manner for the rest of your life? How will you react? How would your life be? What is stopping you from acting right now? What will it benefit you not to change? Changing your mind costs you nothing. You may acquire the answers you need to go forward. Chapter 11. Avoid at all costs. We are masters of the unsaid words, but slaves of those we let slip out. Winston Churchill For years, my mantra was, I want to be wealthy. I want to succeed and become a medical doctor. I want to travel. I want to... In order to achieve these objectives, I intend to apply to medical school, invest my money in things that will grow quickly, start a business, and fill in the blank. Words that are counterproductive. Would like. Try. I wasn't being serious. Would like means I wish I could, but I can't. Try really means I know I can't do it, but I'll prove it to myself by failing. How many other words do we use to express our hopes and dreams? I wish, I want, I hope, I aspire, I yearn for, I'm drawn to, I'm attempting to. These are meaningless words that will never help you. They just want to feel good on the inside, that's all. You'll soon realize you're stuck. These words will not get you anywhere. If you want to fulfill your God-given destiny and overcome any obstacles, you must change your language. You could say, I have a penchant for repeating myself. Exactly. I approach the same topic from a different perspective. I want you to understand it completely. Killer Phrases The phrases, it's impossible, and I can't kill any initiative, optimism, hope, creativity, or dreams you have for yourself, your children, or your loved ones. Apart from reflecting your inner game, your inner big why and who am I mindsets serve as a good excuse to stay in your comfort zone. Chapter 12, Sweetness. Music is the mediator between the spiritual and the sensual life. Ludwig von Beethoven. Has music ever mellowed you? A mystical peace has ever filled you at church. A walk in nature can help you connect with the universe. Music. I've always wanted to learn piano. I took a few private lessons, but never progressed. Since I got a real piano two years ago, I've been learning to play the music that truly nourishes my soul. Barrel house blues. After a hard day, I'd sit at the piano and play for an hour or two. It didn't matter. I felt like I was making something while I played. The past two years were tough. I was a full-time university student studying intensive nursing in my second language. When I felt overwhelmed by daily stress, I'd put in my earplugs and listen to blues music while studying or traveling. Music is soul medicine. It restores peace. But most importantly, it restores creativity. Music inspires creativity, tranquility, harmony, and freedom. What music makes you happy? Spirituality. When was the last time you truly prayed? 
When was the last time you joined a group to discuss life's meaning? How was it? If you didn't feel better, that's because you didn't join the appropriate crowd. This is what a church should be. Joining others, sharing life ideals and hope, feeling accepted. You can start alone if you want to. I remember seeing historic churches in Rome, some of which were a thousand years old. You entered a hallowed realm when you step into these temples. You feel you've reached the spiritual. As you know, my healing journey began with spirituality. I woke up. I began to feel God's power in my life when I realized... Chapter 13, Your Script Life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. George Bernard Shaw Every book on motivation and personal development I've read has a chapter on goal setting. We did this in the chapter, I Don't Need Your Monkey, to help us clarify our goals. It also aids in identifying potential roadblocks. You create a strategy that meets your needs, pushes you out of your comfort zone, and helps you achieve goals you never thought possible. In my book, I added two valuable components that I believe real-life changers must have. These elements were and are vital to my success. The first is faith. Although I've addressed the importance of beliefs throughout this book, it's now time to put them into paper as part of your success plan. Second, the script. This is where you'll choose the words you'll use to describe your aims. This is also where you'll write your affirmations and declarations to help you achieve your objective. Not to worry, I'll guide you step by step. It's simple and it's worth it. Your words. We've discussed powerless words like try, should, desire, wish. Instead, write three action words. Examples, do, build, execute, achieve, instruct, coordinate, facilitate, help, support, assist. Or expressions like, I feel depressed, overwhelmed, exhausted, insecure, lonely, confused, Write three words to explain your new empowered feelings to empower your desire. Awesome, magnificent, superb, energized, lively, terrific, exceptional, passionate, fantastic. Your Affirmations Chapter 2. Strength in Beliefs Man often becomes what he believes himself to be. If I keep on saying to myself that I cannot do a certain thing, it is possible that I may end by really becoming incapable of doing it. On the contrary, if I have the belief that I can do it, I shall surely acquire the capacity to do it, even if I may not have it at the beginning. Mahatma Gandhi Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Henry Ford have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. Steve Jobs I could have used hundreds of examples, but let's stick with these three. Mahatma Gandhi, Henry Ford, and Steve Jobs are all great leaders. What they thought was supported by the way they lived. Every one of them has had to overcome numerous difficulties. At first, the people in their immediate vicinity were not supportive. Gandhi once said, First they ignore you, 
then they ridicule you, then they fight you, and then you win. These two were polar opposites. However, they were determined to make their point and were successful beyond anyone's expectations, with the exception of the participants. At first, they had the conviction that they knew exactly where they were headed and what kind of results they wanted to achieve. Ford said, If I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. Jobs said almost the same thing. People don't know what they want until you show it to them. They took action without waiting for someone else. Chapter 3. How to Turn Crisis into Opportunities Every problem is a gift. Without problems, we would not grow. Tony Robbins The Chinese use two brush strokes to write the word crisis. One brush stroke stands for danger, the other for opportunity. In a crisis, be aware of the danger, but recognize the opportunity. John F. Kennedy You've gotten yourself into a jam. Is there no chance you're going to be able to discover a solution? Have you exhausted all of your options? Are you on the verge of losing it? Are you asking yourself, what have I done to deserve this treatment from God? Whenever a crisis occurs, it has a negative impact on our daily lives, and whether we like it or not, crises are an unavoidable part of life. There will always be a point in time when something unexpected occurs. A crisis is feedback. Crisis is merely a symptom of a larger problem. It's just a form of feedback. The message of any crisis is that something is wrong and something needs to be done about it. This is the message of the current crisis. We need to figure out how to decode this message. Remember when I told you about the message that despair sends? If you want to settle a crisis, you must first comprehend the input that you're receiving from the situation. How do you realize that you're in a crisis? It's simple. If what you accept may be contrary to your personal beliefs, you comply by rules that you do not agree with, but you do so nevertheless. You have feelings that your expectations are completely unreasonable. You want to feel valued, but you aren't sure if that's happening. You want to feel important, but you're not sure. Chapter 4. Feeling Useless No one is useless in this world who lightens the burdens of another. Charles Dickens It is one of the most beautiful compensations in life that no man can sincerely try to help another without helping himself. Ralph Waldo Emerson The feeling of being useless is one of the medical criteria for mood disorders, such as depression. What would it take to overcome this sense of futility? How to feel useless We need two main ingredients to feel useless. One, a belief that alters our perception of the world. And two, a few examples to back up our perception. You now understand that a belief is a filter, a magnifying glass that focuses on examples to back it up. When you believe you are useless and worthless, everything that happens to you will be filtered through this belief. You will unconsciously focus on what confirms your belief while ignoring what would support the I matter belief. Not only that, but the belief will magnify whatever comes through. This is terrible. 
My boss didn't even acknowledge me when he walked into the office today. I know he despises me. By that time, my friends should have liked my Facebook posts, and I'm sure I irritated them. My partner should be in by now. He's having an affair. The filter keeps the events, and the magnifying glass magnifies them out of proportion. The I am useless belief is realized in your life when you truly feel bad, hopeless, and helpless, sad. It's necessary to focus on simple things like being late and blowing it out of proportion. Chapter 5. Your Unfair Advantage Acknowledging the good that you already have in your life is the foundation for all abundance. Eckhart Tolle There's a plethora of perspectives available in the field of human services. With all of the different messages and techniques that they're attempting to impose on you, it's easy to become disoriented and confused. Stop looking and turning around in search of solutions. You already possess all of them within yourself. You possess untapped potential that you may not be aware of. Let's take a closer look at this. You have an unfair advantage. When you have more players on your team than your opponent, or when your team has better equipment than your opponent, you have an unfair advantage in a game. The only way to successfully overcome the symptoms of depression and live a great life is to recognize and accept that you have everything you need to get off to a good start. Yourself. You are one of a kind. No one else thinks or feels the way you do, has the same knowledge and experience as you do, or has the same desires and needs as you do. Yours is a one-of-a-kind position within the industry. You might come across someone else who shares your desires or goals, but that person is not you. They don't have your distinct color. They don't have your unique attitude. They have a distinct personality, and, most importantly, they do not share your life story. Your decision Your ability to make a decision will immediately place you in the top 1% of people who will do something meaningful with their lives and be successful at it. The first decision you should make is whether or not to follow the rule of creation. It goes Chapter 6. Love we need to learn to love ourselves first in all our glory and our imperfections. If we cannot love ourselves, we cannot fully open to our ability to love others or our potential to create. Evolution and all hopes for a better world rest in the fearlessness and open-hearted vision of people who embrace life. John Lennon The Condemnation Tape the fear of being judged had kept me awake at night for many years. I wasn't good enough or smart enough. I wasn't a good provider for my family. I wasn't a good father. I wasn't an effective chaplain. And the tape of these continual condemnations was playing in my head all the time. It's as if someone was attempting to undermine my morals by repeatedly bringing up memories of my past mistakes. I was able to see vivid images, feel what I was feeling, and relive the entire range of emotions that were associated with each one of them. It's as if my past was following me around every day, consuming all of my attention and energy. The past was constantly attempting to infiltrate my present. Have you ever had a similar experience? To be sure, I could stop it 
with considerable effort, but as soon as my guard was lowered, it came back to haunt me. It had been programmed to play on autopilot mode. The most important message I received from my past was, you're not good enough. When I read the book Unmerited Favor by Joseph Prince, it was the beginning of my healing journey and the point at which I took a significant step forward. He explains how we don't have to do anything in order to be loved, that we're fine just the way we are, that we are enough, and most importantly, that we are forgiven. Just the basics of Christian faith that I needed to hear. Chapter 7 Now you're talking. The power of the tongue is life and death. Those who love to talk will eat what it produces. Proverbs 18.21 It actually means that what you're saying has a fruitful outcome. This is an unbreakable rule of nature. You're not required to be a believer in order to see how it applies to your lives. The following is yet another universal principle. What comes out of your mouth reflects what you believe in. Whatever you truly believe or believe in, no one can stop you. 1. What you're saying is consistent with your beliefs. 2. The things and outcomes in your life are a result of your faith. 3. If you don't like the way your life is turning out, change the way you talk about it instead. Even better is that the natural power of your words, as well as the spiritual or supernatural power of your words, always works in concert to accomplish whatever you say and believe. What exactly are you trying to say? Have you ever taken the time to really listen to what you're saying to yourself? A person known as the grammarian is in charge of taking note of an international organization that assists people with public speaking when I attend a Toastmasters international meeting. It's clear that they're paying attention to what the speaker is saying because of all the eh, ah, uh, so, lip-smacking, etc. Our speech pattern, on the other hand, is frequently on autopilot for us. We don't even bother to consider what we're saying before we say it. Because if we did, we would never say things like, it scares the living daylights out of me. The cost will be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Chapter 8. What's your story? After nourishment, shelter, and companionship, stories are the thing we need most in the world. Philip Pullman The only thing standing between you and your goal is the bullshit story you keep telling yourself as to why you can't achieve it. Jordan Belfort I bought some books about the power of telling stories in speeches last summer. It basically says, you want to get a message across, you tell a story. We all have a unique relationship with stories. It captures your attention, you identify with the character, you understand their struggle, and you appreciate the resolution. A good salesperson will tell you a story that identifies the resolution that includes the product or service that they offer. The strength of a story lies in the fact that the more you tell it, the more you believe it. So, tell me about your experience. Borrowed Sunglasses A few days ago, my young son and I went to see a ball hockey game. He asked for my sunglasses because it was quite sunny outside. He managed to wear them despite the fact that they were clearly too big for him. Dad, everything looks so dark with your glass, 
he said right away. He was putting them on and taking them off to compare. When you look at your life story in general, what kind of sunglasses are you wearing? Are you constantly talking about your difficulties, your illness, your missed opportunities, your poor decisions, your past abuse or trauma? Our story. I'm not sure about you, but my story has always been one of whining and complaining. I was mostly whining and complaining about how inadequate I was. Every time I mentioned something from my past, it was about... Chapter 9. Distractions. If we let ourselves, we shall always be waiting for some distraction or other to end before we can really get down to our work. The only people who achieve much are those who want knowledge so badly that they seek it while the conditions are still unfavorable. Favorable conditions never come. C.S. Lewis I'd like to share my perspective on a management story shared by William Onkin Jr. and Donald L. Wass in their book, Management Time, Who's Got the Monkey? This is a story about a manager who is dedicated to his job, but every now and then a subordinate comes to his office to share a problem with him. As a good manager, he always responds, uh, Let me think about it, and I'll let you know what I think. Then another one sends an email with a problem that requires his attention. Then another one calls. Work quickly overwhelms the poor manager, but being a good manager, he continues to say yes. The problem left in the manager's office has taken on a life of its own. You've lost control once you've got five, six, twenty of them running around. The majority of your time is spent dealing with problems that are not yours. You gave up your valuable time and energy to solve someone else's problem. Things that do not belong to you are causing you to become distracted. I could go on and on about how I worked for supervisors who could really deal with this type of situation at its core. But that isn't the point of this book. My goal is to remind you that if you want to see results in your life, you must stay focused. On the best sunny day, the most powerful magnifying glass will not light paper if you keep moving the glass, but if you focus and hold it, the paper will light up. That is the power of concentration. It's all this has been Here and Now, Taking Control of Your Life, written by Marshall Champagne, narrated by Russell Newton for Hot Ghost Productions. Copyright 2021 by Marshall Champagne. Production copyright by Marshall Champagne. More information regarding today's book and the author can be found at audible.com or amazon.com. With an eclectic collection of water cooler knowledge, inspirational stories, and motivational thoughts from some of the newest audiobooks on the market, this has been the Voice Overwork Podcast, brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services.